Hello, and welcome to another episode of Granite Justice, navigating civil legal issues in your daily life. I'm your host, Shane Cooper, an associate dean at the University of New Hampshire Franklin Pierce School of Law. Please remember as you listen, this podcast is for informational purposes only. Nothing said here by either party constitutes legal advice of any kind or creates any attorney-client relationship between a listener and New Hampshire Legal Assistance or 603 Legal Aid or the UNH Franklin Pierce School of Law. It is possible that the law has changed after recording this podcast episode where the information shared does not exactly fit with your specific situation. For the most up-to-date information or to get legal help, please visit 603legalaid.org. With me today is Stephanie Bray, an attorney at New Hampshire Legal Assistance, working out of the Claremont office and leading the firm's work in foreclosure prevention. Uh, Welcome to the uh, podcast, Stephanie. As I understand it, you've been with Legal Aid working on foreclosure prevention since 2007. Thank you very much for joining us today. Well, thank you, Shane, for having me. Well, let me start with the first question. Um, I recall when you started at 2007, I think it was around 2008 that we were experiencing the, what we call the Great Recession. And so my first question for you is, how does the current environment compare to the Great Recession in this area? With mortgages, we have seen a COVID swell, not so much a huge spike, but a swell of mortgages that gets wrapped up with the other economic pressures that we are seeing in the state with rising housing costs in general and other rising costs. It is uh, the folks who obtained forbearances at the beginning of the COVID pandemic, those forbearances are coming to an end or have come to an end, and that's creating increased pressure. I see. I see. And could you also talk about, uh, in addition to the mortgage part, uh, those that owe money on their homes, what about uh, things or issues you see with respect to property tax uh, liability? Sure. That is kind of a constant issue in the state. It is becoming really pronounced now. I think um, towns across the state, including my town, are seeing some pretty significant increase in property tax bills going out right now. The people who come to us with property tax problems are generally people who do not have mortgages or who do not have escrow agreements in their mortgages. Most people who have mortgages have an arrangement where their mortgage payment includes something that the bank takes in every month in order to pay the taxes. But if you don't have a mortgage, that feature is not present. People who have property tax problems but not mortgages are generally people who have who own their homes outright, um, but still don't have a lot of money. And so those folks frequently own very modest mobile homes, or they own a home that they inherited from a family member and are having difficulty in these times of keeping up with the tax obligation. And so if there's someone who is in a crisis because they haven't been able to keep up with their taxes, Are there programs or efforts out there to help people who could afford taxes on a regular basis rather than waiting for the crisis moment, if you will? There are programs put in place by state law that 
are designed to help people where they are, when they are, every year, you know, in not in a crisis way. And those programs fall into the following categories. There are exemptions from property tax. There are credits against property tax. And there is the ability to defer your property taxes. Okay. So um, as I process this, this is really helpful to understand then someone out there listening to this and you're thinking about your property tax bill, that there may be these possibilities in these boxes, if you will, exemptions, credits, and deferrals. So if I could just ask you, could you walk me through each of those? And perhaps we start with exemptions. Could you t- talk a little bit about what exemptions might be out there for those out there listening? Sure. If a homeowner is 65 or over, state law says that your town must have an exemption available for you. 65 or over and income qualified. So if you are 65 or over and your income is lower than certain limits that are set by the town, the town can decide those limits, but they can't be um, beneath a certain floor set by the state. And if you are that person and you've lived in the state for a few years, I think five, you can apply for a exemptions like a discount. It is a amount of money that is taken off the assessed value of your house for purposes of property taxing. So if you own a $200,000 house and your town has enacted a $50,000 exemption for persons over 65 who qualify on income, then you are taxed for a $150,000 house rather than a $200,000 house. So those out there listening who might qualify for an age exemption, then this is really helpful information. Does that uh, change over time? So 65 was one age you mentioned. Are there other changes over time, uh, the older one becomes? Yes, the exemption increases at age 75 and again at age 80. I understand. There's also some towns, this is optional. Uh, The age exemption is mandatory, but there is an optional exemption for persons who are receiving disability benefits from the Social Security Administration. And if you are one of those folks, and again, you qualify on an income basis, you can also apply for an exemption in an amount set by the town. And it works in the same way. And you can get these forms from the website for the Department of Revenue Administration. I don't have the web address right at the top of my head, but it's nh.gov. And then you look around for Department of Revenue Administration. And you mentioned that one has to, uh, you've mentioned the application process. Is, is there a system in place? And maybe there isn't where the town knows that you've turned 65 or the town knows you've turned 75 or the town might know that you're receiving social security disability benefits and they're one of the towns that have this optional exemption. Is it one of those things where the the house owner, the, the property owner needs to be proactive in seeking this out or is there some way that they're, they get this automatically? The town does not have an obligation to search through its records and figure out who's 65 or 70 or 75 
or who's receiving social security disability, the homeowner applies. But if the homeowner simply goes to the town office and says, I'm really having trouble paying my property taxes, what can you do for me? Then the town has a constitutional obligation to provide assistance to its residents when asked. So that's really, for me, a takeaway if I was out there listening right now. If I'm in one of these categories, it seems to me that if one hasn't already done this, it'd be really smart move to get down to the town clerk's office, the town office, and ask about whether or not you might qualify for one of these exemptions and realize that maybe they're paying more property taxes than they ought to have been for however long they've been eligible for something like this. Sure. And there is a season, if you will, for doing that. The season opens the 1st of January, and then the deadline by which one has to apply for these exemptions in any given year is April 15th. If you apply for the exemption and are qualified for it, it is prospective. You receive the discount in years going forward. Same with credits. Um, The process of deferral, which I hope I'll talk about in a minute, will work the other way. You defer taxes that were imposed in the previous year. Uh, Very helpful. So you answered a question I had forming in my mind was that if you go for one of these exemptions, and now we know it's got to be between January 1st coming up, uh, by the time people listen to this podcast, it'll probably be the open season January 1st of 2024. And you'll have to the 15th of April. But unfortunately, it sounds like with an exemption, let's say I'm 68 and I should have been doing this three years ago. I don't, I won't be able to get that exemption back for those last three years when I didn't apply for this. Is that right? Not an exemption. You could try to ask for an abatement, which is another form of tax relief that I have not mentioned yet. Abatement is kind of all purpose. And you can ask to have taxes abated from prior years because of the hard work of my predecessors at New Hampshire Legal Assistance some 40 years ago. The New Hampshire Supreme Court has issued a ruling that says that poverty and an inability to pay the tax is good cause to have your tax abated. Uh, Most people think about abating taxes as being for like, hey, they overassessed it or they think I have, you know, a finished basement and I don't. But poverty and an inability to pay the tax is a good cause to ask for an abatement, including for prior years. But the qualification for obtaining that are pretty strict. The same New Hampshire Supreme Court decision says that basically you have to have no other option. You can't, you know, you have to demonstrate that you're not getting income from any other source or that you are not able to simply sell the house and use your equity to move someplace else, which actually happens a lot these days. Or, you know, that abatement is really the only option that you have. It's a tough stand. I see. Well, thank you for walking through that a bit. So so we've talked a lot about exemptions and mostly age-based and uh, possibly for disability benefits, those receiving Social Security disability benefits. You mentioned, well, this uh, area called credits. Could you talk a little bit about property tax credits? Sure. The one that we come in contact with most frequently are for veterans. 
There's, I think, a minimum $50 credit. Towns can increase that credit, and many do, up to $500. And the credit, unlike an exemption, which comes off the top, it is you know, reducing the assessed value of your house, a credit comes off the bottom line. So there's your tax bill, and if your tax bill is $3,000, they take the credit and apply it to that bottom line. There's also credits for things like alternative energy and some other stuff. We don't get, we don't see a lot of those, but they're there. Well, that's helpful. So for those veterans that are out there listening as well, hopefully they know about this, but if they don't, then they'll learn about it here, that they should certainly be researching in their town, whether there is a veterans tax credit that can be applied to their property tax taxes as well. So that's great to hear about as well. The benefit for our for those that have served. How about uh, the other box which we talked about is deferrals? Could you talk a little bit more about what a property tax deferral is? Sure, a property tax deferral is a really ingenious way to help people who are living in a home and maybe own it outright, maybe have a mortgage, and are unable to afford their taxes on a current basis, even if they've been reduced with an exemption or a credit. What you can do is apply to defer or postpone paying your property taxes. And you do that starting March, I'm sorry, starting January 1st. And the deadline for that application is March 1st. And you ask to have your taxes from the previous year deferred. And that means that you do not have to pay them during your lifetime as long as you live and live in the home and don't sell or refinance the home. Those taxes are turned into a lien held by the town. So the town has some claim on the title to your home. But unlike a tax lien for just plain old unpaid taxes, which accrue interest at 14%, a, tax, a, a, a lien for deferred taxes accrues tax uh, interest only at 5%, which is a much more affordable rate. And unlike tax liens for unpaid taxes, which can be foreclosed on, by the town, and the town can actually wind up with ownership of your home if those unpaid tax liens hang around too long. A deferred tax lien can hang around for as long as you're alive, and it's it only comes due after the death of the owner, and then the next of kin have something like nine months to redeem it. Uh, you know, Stephanie, I, this is why I love doing the podcast. I had never in my lifetime heard of this option. Is this common to other states or or a feature of New Hampshire law? I don't know if it is common to other states. I do know that there are, I've actually come in contact with towns who say, we, we don't do deferral. We don't know anything about what is this deferral. Um, it is not optional. It is required by state law that towns offer this option. And uh, either standing alone, if a person doesn't qualify for a uh, an exemption or a credit, or in combination with an exemption or a credit, it is a really great tool to allow people to 
stay in their homes. And it is a way, you know, towns don't lose the money altogether. They will recoup the money with interest eventually. Um, yeah, that's amazing. And also interesting that you point out that may, there may be some town, town clerks out there that don't even know about this option. And let me ask you this, though. I turn 65 in the future. Let's say I can pay that I I hope that I'm in a position where I'll be able to, to pay the taxes. Can I still then take advantage of deferral? Uh, even though I can pay just because it sounds like a good deal, I can just put off my taxes till I, till I pass away? Or is it, do you have to show anything else to qualify besides age? Yes, thanks. Thank you so much, Shane, for reminding me. The <laughs> qualifications are similar to exemption. You have to be 65 or older, or you have to be receiving social security disability benefits. So this is really geared for people who, because of, you know, life circumstances are not able to get out there in the workforce and, you know, or who are on a fixed or limited income. I That's see. the general purpose. So I, I, I'm sorry, I, I may be off, but I do have like an example in my mind then. Let's say I've inherited or I'm in a property that's fully paid off. It's $300,000 in value or $200,000 in value. And to stay in that home, I'm looking at homeowner's insurance charges, which don't seem that they're waivable or exempt. That's sort of a, you got to have, you typically have to have some sort of homeowner's insurance, but you have this property tax sitting on there. Let's say it's $3,000 or make it simple in math, $3,600. That's a $300 a month charge coming your way in someone that's on limited income at age 65. And what I think I'm hearing from what you've just said, the punchline here is, is that you could walk into a town clerk's office, ask about this concept of deferral, and basically have that $3,600 tax bill removed from you having to pay it every month or every year, and have that go into a lien that's on your property that wouldn't have to be dealt with until perhaps after you've passed away, and then your heirs you know, we'll deal with that property with some sort of lien sitting on it from the accrued property taxes that that are at a 5% rate. Is, it, is that, do I understand that to be the situation? Um, that's the situation with one additional piece. There is no hard dollar income threshold that you have to demonstrate. Unlike an exemption where your income has to be beneath a certain dollar limit set by the town. With deferrals, you have to demonstrate that it is a hardship or that paying the taxes would cause a hardship or possibly the loss of the home. So, you know, really wealthy retirees with big 401ks are not going to qualify for um, deferral. But people, you know, who have lived in a home for a long time and maybe have paid it off, or people, like I say, who inherited homes, or people who just have really modest mobile homes. There are a couple of other features of deferrals that people should be aware of also. Number one, you know, you can stack these deferrals year after year, but only up to a point, roughly up to 80% of the equity value of the home. And that's so that the town has a cushion so that, you know, when the time comes to recoup those taxes, the town's not out in the cold with a house that's underwater with these liens. And the second is, if you do have a mortgage 
and you are thinking of deferring your property taxes, you have to get the consent of the mortgage holder. The mortgage, someone from your mortgage holder has to sign the form. And that can be a bit of a lengthy process if your mortgage holder is a large national mortgage servicer. It may take a while to find the right department and the right person and convince the mortgage holder that signing this form is not going to prejudice their mortgage rights in any way. Normally, tax liens take priority over a mortgage. However, the deferral statute that was enacted to create this ability specifically says that a deferral lien, this 5% benign lien, does not take priority over a foreclosing mortgage or a mortgage in terms of being in line if foreclosure comes along. And so that I have, I've worked with mortgage servicers who were very skittish about agreeing to anything uh, involving tax liens, but that provision has kind of calmed them down a little bit. Um, so you do need their consent. This is all really valuable information, Stephanie, that you're sharing it. Um, I'm continuing, it's in my wheels are turning in my head right now as I fascinated by, by some of this information because I I understand that those with you know modest means could really be looking at deferral as a great option for them, particularly if you're faced with the fact that you can't afford to pay these taxes, they are racking up at a much higher interest rate and the town could come in and foreclose on your property. It sounds like deferral would be the thing that uh, someone like in that situation should be certainly looking into. We really encourage it. You know, it's it's there to protect homeowners who are in the situation of being limited in their income earning capacity, either because they've reached retirement age or because they're disabled, and for whom it would be a hardship to pay the taxes or might cause the loss of the property. So that's who it's designed for. And, you know, there are provisions to protect the town as well. You can't exceed the cushion and you know, they get their money back eventually. All sounds reasonable. And as a reminder to those out there listening, that's going to be open, as I understand it, January 1st, and you have till March 1st every year to do that sort of activity with a deferral request. Correct. And so let's then talk about it's now May and there's a crisis or it's October and there's a crisis and you're not in that three-month application window. What would someone do in that situation? Well... For the last year and a half, there has been a program created by the America Rescue Plan Act, and that act started with the United States Congress. It uh, shipped money out to each of the 50 states. New Hampshire received $50 million under that program, which was administered by the governor's office on financial and economic recovery, or GOFER. And that $50 million was further administered by New Hampshire Housing Finance Authority. And we come to know it as the Homeowner Assistance Fund. And that has been truly life-altering and miraculous in helping people in these crises. It is designed to help people who have been impacted by COVID And to some extent, we've all been impacted by COVID. We've all seen our heating bills go up. We've all seen our grocery bills go up. And if you 
are within very generous income limits and have seen those kind of increase in expenses. You And if you own and live in your home, you have been and could be eligible for up to $40,000 to help you out of property tax problems. And the we've had dozens, maybe a hundred or so clients come in over the last 18 months and have gone from the precipice of losing their home, even after the disaster has happened and the tax deed, you know, the town has obtained title to your home through tax deed. This program has enabled people to repurchase their homes after that has happened. And that's been pretty amazing. So that's one thing that has been out there. The program, you know, it's been out there for 18 months and the program with all of this money being successfully used, it's starting to slow down and applications will start being waitlisted on the 15th of December. So I don't know how that's going to affect people listening to the podcast, but you know, I still encourage people to try. It is really, there have just been so many heartwarming stories. Thank you for sharing that. And for all, and thank you and your team for all of that hard work in that area. I'd ask just generally, you know, as we reach towards the end of the podcast, how busy is your foreclosure relief project? We have been intaking 15 or 20 cases a month which we work on with a team of five or seven people. Of those 15 or 20 cases a month, it's probably spread 16%, I'm sorry, 60% uh, tax and 40% foreclosure. The, they can frequently start out with a big bang as people perhaps don't find out about us and don't reach out to us. Um, until days, sometimes hours before the disaster happens. And even in those situations, sometimes we have been able to reach out like Willie Mays diving after, you know, a line drive and save homes in those situations. That's amazing. Well, you know, Stephanie, as we, we, Reach towards the end of the podcast. Are there other pieces of information that you would like to impart in the listeners out there before we wrap up? Don't panic. Call 603 Legal Aid or go online. We, they, and we have people who are very experienced in these issues. And at the very least, we can separate fact from fiction. We can tell you what your options are. We can you know, before this program came along, we had tools to help people um, get on track with their mortgages and their tax issues. We will not have quite as blessed and easy a time of it after this program goes away, but we will still have tools and we can at least give you knowledge and a firm path forward. So call 603 Legal Aid, 603-224-3333, or go online at 603legalaid.org. Well, Stephanie, thank you so much. And for all of our listeners out there, you may be in the situation or you know of a, a loved one or a contact, uh, uh, either over the age of 65 or those receiving 
disability benefits or others in situations uh, where they may be uh, at risk of losing their homes, dealing with mortgages or property taxes. I, I hope that uh, everything you've shared here, Stephanie, should be able to ripple, sort of have a ripple effect. Someone can inform someone else of, of this sort of information. Definitely some eye-opening things that you've shared with me today that uh, that I'll take away from this podcast. So I really appreciate it. And I'd like to thank you for your years of serving in the public interest and and uh, working with 603 Legal Aid New Hampshire Legal Assistance. Thank you so much uh, for all of your efforts. Oh, it's my pleasure. And thank you for having me and thank you for getting the word out. This was Granite Justice, a podcast collaboration of the UNH Franklin Pierce School of Law, 603 Legal Aid, New Hampshire Legal Assistance, the New Hampshire Campaign Legal Services, and the Granite State News Collaborative. Thanks for your time.